So we had uh, we had a good week at camp. Um, uh, you know, one of the uh, one of the things that happens in a week at camp is like the first few days are just like you're just trying to get to know kids and and uh, the dean as the dean you you end up making some bad decisions. Well, I made a bad decision during our faculty meeting. Tim will appreciate this. Uh, we were spending time with the kids at the week, that week, and we were using an illustration using an egg, a regular old egg, not a hard-boiled egg, just a regular egg. And that represented their lives, and so we challenged the campers, fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, mostly boys, we challenged them to keep their eggs safe all day. Now, as you would imagine, you would think that there would be very few eggs left at the end of the day, right? Is that your assumption? It was a shared assumption on my part. Well, the boys and the girls did an excellent job using resources around them to protect their eggs. So when I made the decision at faculty meeting that morning, I said, there won't be very many eggs. There will maybe be 20, and only a few will hit me. And so I was thinking, sure, go ahead. It'll be a good idea to let them throw eggs at me. That will be the special prize. Well, let this be a lesson to you. Eggs hurt. Um, and there were, they were so in, ingenuitive in protecting their eggs. They had cups. And one, uh, one kid had a styrofoam cup, filled it with dirt, and put the egg within all of the dirt. And in perfect dad fashion, called it an eggplant. I mean, it was brilliant. So there were what? I don't want to exaggerate. Were there 50 eggs? And Ricky got into the extra eggs, so there were more. And I just sort of like thought, oh, I, I think I can handle this. And like they would drop, and some of them wouldn't even break on me. They dropped them from the balcony, and they hit my back, and they rolled off like they didn't break. I thought they would break. I, I thought all things were going to be okay. It wasn't okay. I got hit in the ear with one. <laughs> the children started jeering at me because I was starting to move them because I didn't want to get hit. And they're like, you got to stay still, you know. And so I was being insulted and stoned. So uh, I felt like changing my sermon to Stephen uh, this week that I could relate to Stephen. But uh, aside from that moment, it was a really uh, pretty good week at camp. Uh, I learned a lot of lessons about myself, and, and uh, you know, there's just there's this thing um, about being at camp for me uh, that I can have a difficult time being at camp. Um, I think back to uh, some days, and this should all hopefully connect to what I want to share with you today. Um, but a long time ago, like I mean, I grew up going to camp. Um, and then uh, I became a dorm dad when I was in high school and I was at a week of camp with Tim and Tim and I were in the dorm together and there were a couple of moments within our experience as dorm dads where we looked at each other and we didn't know what we were going to do we had children that uh, if you can believe this we had children who misbehaved I know it's crazy it's crazy I, uh, but they were eating toothpaste we had to call poison control you know, that's how you want to start out your week at camp, it's calling poison control. Uh, it turns out if you eat too much toothpaste, you just need to give them milk. So just in case you swallow too much one morning, just drink some milk after and you'll be okay. Uh, but uh, there was a moment within our time together where 
you know, me, high school student, Tim, my youth minister, I say, hey, Tim, what do we need to do? And I can remember his face to this day, him shaking his head saying, I have no idea. <laughs> That's a true statement, isn't it? That is 100% what happened. And that week was just filled with, uh, filled with challenges. Uh, that was really the introduction to me of, in a way, fatherhood. I wasn't a, like, not that I was their dad, but your dorm dad, you're taking care of these kids. And, and uh, we had a young man, his name was Patrick. And I'll, I will never forget Patrick or his story. Uh, the whole room, half the room was uh, medicated for something or something else. And, you know, they always decide, you know, this is the week that we're not going to send our medicine with our kid. And it's like, oh, thanks, you know. And, and uh, so some kids were going wild and crazy, and other kids needed their sleep. And when they were lacking sleep, the problems that exist um, get exacerbated. And so there was... Uh, this young man named Patrick who needed his sleep and he wasn't getting it. And the less sleep he got, the worse his conditions got. And, um, and so uh, I was tasked with helping Patrick get a good night's sleep. And so um, I would often have to hold the kid, encourage him, just you know, rub his back and help him fall asleep. And, and uh, I got to know his story. And his story was filled with just absolute tragedy, um, parents that um, threatened his life and just all sorts of awful things that happened to this young man. Uh, here I am, a high school kid, thinking, what in the world am I supposed to do for this kid? I think all of us as parents have these moments in our life where we realize we, we aren't enough, that we don't have enough, that there isn't enough of me to help this person through what they're going through. And this week at camp, we had that. We, you guys got quite a bit of a storm. Well, we, we were in like the eye of the storm at camp on Monday night. And you know on the radar uh, how it has the colors for the storm and green and yellow are your everyday average, you know, thunderstorm. Well, the scale goes all the way to pink and then white. Well, if you looked at the camp and you looked at the radar, we were the pink and white little dot on it, and it was the most wicked lightning uh, rainstorm I had ever been in. Casey looked out of the window, and she said, oh, this reminds me of Florida and the hurricanes that they had been through as a family. So we were, we were in the heart of it, and we had ch a few kids that were just kind of over the top. And you have this moment as Dean or as a parent where it's just kind of like, how do, we, how do we help this kid? I don't feel like I'm enough for this situation. Wendy and I have had parenting moments throughout our, uh, throughout our wonderful parenting years, and we have wonderful kids, but there have been moments in our life where we have felt oftentimes that feeling of, I don't feel like I'm enough for this situation. I don't feel like I'm enough for helping this uh, uh, helping through this situation or comfort them or encourage them or guide them through it. And, and I have, uh, you, know, you know, you just think about how do we minister to kids? How do we help them? How do we care for them? So many times in my life I've felt like I am not quite enough. Maybe you feel that way, uh, not just in parenting, but just in life 
in general, of just not being enough of me to do the things and fix the things that we see and right the wrongs that are happening around us. I think we can all resonate with that sense of just being grandparents or, uh, or just looking at kids in society now and just thinking what they need. I, we, there's not enough of kind people to go around to help all of these kids. And so I, I wrestle with that. I wrestle with being enough. When I look at uh, kind of society uh, and how they sort of paint the picture of the American dad uh, today and kind of parents in general, uh, the message really is abundantly clear that we aren't enough. You know, if you look at just media, the last good dad on television was Andy Griffith. Um, I know you all think I'm too young but to know Andy Griffith, but I watched all of Andy Griffith with my grandpa after school on syndication. And, uh, and my dad's claim to fame is, is that the guy who whistled the song came to his high school and whistled for them. Uh, <laughs> it has nothing to do with this at all, but uh, it's a shout-out to my dad, I suppose. So uh, this, this week, this is another sidebar. My mom and dad just talking to church family this morning. My mom and dad, they uh, retired this week. My mom uh, retired after um, quite a few years working for the Commission on Aging, serving and caring for the elderly. And so I'm just so grateful that they have time away. And dad is working on selling out all of his inventory at the feed store. And uh, it's kind of a bittersweet thing uh, that it's no longer uh, going to be something that my dad does. He's done that for 50 years. Uh, so, um, I shared this week that he's my hero, and my dad is my hero, that he was faithful to uh, the task uh, every day to go into work, six days a week, uh, working sometimes multiple jobs to make sure that all our family was cared for. But I think as dads, we can, re we can relate to that, of just trying to be enough for our family. And... Um, you know, like a testimony to my dad, I think that there were probably times in his life where he probably didn't feel like he was enough, that he provided all that he could for us. There's often times in our own walk that we think, okay, there's, <laughs> we want to give so much more to our kids and we'll never be enough. Uh, one of my very favorite Bible stories is the one I want to share with you this morning. It's a story of a dad who felt like he wasn't enough. And it's a powerful story when we sit and just kind of listen to it. And this is my encouragement to everyone today, particularly dads. And it's a reading from Mark chapter 9, verses 14 and following. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and they ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. Well, a man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son, who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and he becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus says to them, You unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you? How, sh how long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy to him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground, and he rolled around, foaming at the mouth. 
Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has it been like this? And the dad, I, I can't imagine he said it without tears flowing from his eyes. From childhood. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for one who believes. And in exasperation, immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can come out only by prayer. I see in this story a dad who I think struggled with not being enough. Like he's, he's at the end of his rope, so to speak. He has done everything he possibly can to help his son through this situation, something well beyond his control. And I really think that's what fatherhood, parenthood, and just every day just being a regular old person, aside from all of the things that we attach to ourselves, is what is it that we can control and what we can't. And this guy is realizing full well that this is well beyond his control and his abilities. I think we have all faced challenges in our life where we have realized we are not enough. There are things in our life where we think that we just, there's not enough of us to go around. There's not enough time in the day. There's not enough resources for us to care for everyone. I think about the pressures that we're facing today as families, as friends, as just encouragers, as people in our life. I think physically we're stretched to our limit as far as time is concerned. Emotionally, I feel like we're drained. Spiritually, I feel like it's, it, it can be difficult as ever to spend time with the Lord and seek His heart. When I think about our family budget, it's stretched to the max. We're thinking, okay, how, how can I drive to Warsaw to get the food I need? Can I afford the gas to get there? And we have all of these things just sort of pushing down on us, and it feels so heavy. But I'm not enough. And really... I think the good news of this story is, is that we all can relate to the guy. We can relate to this dad who in this moment is revealing his heart, who says, God, I've tried everything. I even took them to your disciples. And it turns out they weren't enough either. These guys that spent the last several years with Jesus, they too failed. They weren't enough. And when I look at the story of the gospel, and when I think about the sort of like, what's the comforting word? What's the encouragement that we can get from this? Well, I think it's embracing the fact that they really weren't enough. Accepting the fact that there is not enough in us to pull us out of the situations that we're in. 
and that this man did the very thing that we all need to do in our lives, and that is lead our children to Jesus. This guy moved heaven and earth to get his son to Jesus. And the story of the gospel is, is that God moved heaven to earth to rescue us from not being enough. Jesus came to rescue and save us. And when I look at my own life as a dad and I look at this story, I want to glean from it just an important encouragement for all of us, whether you're a dad or not. And that is that Christ is enough. There is one who is enough. Jesus commands the demon and, and uh, casts it away and says, never return again. And it's this closing parting thing with this, the disciples that I want to give us encouragement with. That all of us feel the same thing that this dad felt. And it's this sense of, help me in my unbelief. Help me where I'm lacking. I believe, but obviously I don't believe enough. I, I'm not enough. I don't believe enough. And we feel like failures in every aspect of our life. This guy is at the, the edge of his emotions. He is exhausted. He has spent every waking moment of his life trying to help his son, and he can't do it. But there is one who can. There is one who can, and he does. And it comes through prayer. When I think about my life as a dad, when I think about it as a minister and caring for you, and as you think about your life and how you care for your family and as you care for the church family, there is one thing that's set before us. Get people to Jesus. Pray them to Jesus. And I know it seems overly trivialized, or maybe we just don't think too much of prayer anymore, but that's really the answer. I had a conversation with, uh, with our local uh, congressman who is in the state House of Representatives, Craig Snow. He was at a thing last weekend, or week, yeah, last weekend, up at the park, and I had a conversation with him, and we were talking about how to fix all of the problems. And I said, you know, it's really not very fair for you. We think we can legislate away all of the problems. And I said, you know, keep doing what you can, but I'll be here cheerleading my community to give their lives to Christ. We are not enough. There's not enough legislation to solve all the problems. There's not enough resources to go around, it seems like. There's not enough of us. But there is enough of Christ. And the powerful story that we read today in the Bible is the story of Christ conquering demons and Christ conquering death and sickness and suffering. The story of the gospel, the encouragement to us today, is that Christ is enough. The power of the gospel shows us that Christ on the cross spends his time on the cross in prayer with the Father. He's praying to his father, and he says, Father, forgive them for what they're doing. Father, into, my, into your hands I commit my spirit. Jesus' words from the cross are as much for us as they are for a prayer up to heaven. And he's saying, God, heal them. God does for us on the cross what he does for this boy in this story. He cast out demons he cast out death he cast out sin and he cares for each and every single one of us so that today in all of the fear and all of the doubt and all of this sort of 
shame or feelings like we aren't enough, we can look to Christ at the cross. And we can say, He is enough. And because He is enough, whatever situations we face today, we know we face them with the power of the Spirit of Christ in us. I'm not enough, but Christ in me, well, that's plenty. That's plenty. And I can let his love shape me and how I treat people. I can let his love work in my life and in my heart. And so the challenge today of the text is maybe we relate to this guy in so many ways. Lord, help me in my unbelief. That's an okay prayer. When we face situations that seem beyond our control, beyond our abilities, beyond our know-how, before we go to YouTube, maybe we should go to Jesus. Before we search everything all around us, maybe we should seek the heart of God. Because there are things in our life that can only be handled through prayer. Go to the Lord. Lead people to Christ. And pray. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for the many dads that are here that have faced many challenges. Lord, of sick kids, of kids that have um, maybe not always obeyed, or maybe just the struggles and emotions of, of things, Lord, especially over the last couple of years. Thank you for the dads that have been so supportive of their wives and, and caring for them, ones that have laid down their lives and sacrificed for their kids. Thank you for the grandma, grandpas. Uh, thank you for how they have loved and supported the next generation. Thank you for great dads in our church family. Lord, let today be an encouraging word to all of us, not just dads, that you are enough. And where we wrestle with our insecurities, where we wrestle with what we can control and what we can't, may we lay it all down before you. Lord, there are so many situations in our life where we can look back and we can realize today that you were there with us. So help us and remind us today that you are still present in our lives, still leading us to love and care for one another. Help every one of us, dads, moms, kids, singles, adults, elderly, and everyone in between, God, whatever our role is in our family unit now, help us to be people who lead others to Jesus and give our lives in prayer. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for listening to us, healing us, helping us through your son, Jesus Christ, that all of us can call on you now as our Father in heaven. We love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.